This is Evermore Poe, the turbulent youth of Edgar Allan Poe. Chapter 24 Eddie took his time leaving the Stannard home. He crossed the street to Capitol Square and took in the city below. The view of Richmond was a breathtaking view from here. Gentle hillsides rolled in and out of one another, cast in a warm evening glow. Farmhouses dotted the distant landscape, and he could see far across the river into the village of Manchester. Thin trails of black coal smoke rose up from chimneys throughout the city. Through this panorama ran the silvery ribbon of the James River. Eddie slung his book strap over his shoulder and walked ten blocks along Broad Street until he reached Uncle Galt's house, where he followed the sound of a blacksmith's hammer. At first, the sweating coachman didn't notice him enter. Hey, Dabney, Eddie called out. Dabney Dandridge was a tall young man in his early twenties. Like Juliet, he was considered a servant instead of a slave, as if that made much of a difference. Dabney was a constant throughout Eddie's life and made for a suitable big brother type when his own brother, Henry Poe, lived a day's ride away. Eddie, Dabney wiped his brow to talk. What are you doing up here? Come to see your uncle? No, actually, I came to see you. Dabney looked confused as Eddie explained. I wanted to know if you might be going out to the plantation again this week. I go every week. Would you kindly deliver a package for me? Who for? Eudoja. I have a gift for her. Not sure that's necessary, Eddie. Perhaps, but I really want her to have this. Also, Dab, I never got to thank you for helping me set up that meeting. The coachman wiped his brow. Twas nothing, Eddie. You get what you need? Definitely, he smiled. If you could be so kind as to give this to Eudoja personally, I'd be really grateful. Dabney took the muslin wrap package. What is it? Something I think she'll really appreciate. When Eddie arrived home, he spotted the day's mail on the entry table. Sitting atop the stack was Headmaster Clark's letter informing parents of his retirement. Eddie gently opened the corner of the envelope to peek inside, but flashes of childhood beatings for far lesser crimes flashed in his memory, and he laid it back down. Over dinner, he asked John about the Academy's open house. He was pleasantly surprised to find the man was just as eager to talk about the event as he was. With only a year of school remaining before college, the topic of senior year was important to all. Aye, son. You can accompany me to the open house if you like. The letter says students are welcome. Eddie wasn't sure if he was more excited to learn about the school's future or about having an evening out with his foster father. It had been so long since the two men shared a meaningful moment together. Sir, do you think you'll have a chance to speak with Headmaster Clark about my writing soon? His voice filled with hope. John gave a long exhale. <sighs> All right. I'll make an appointment with Mr. Clark next week. How's that? It means a lot to me, sir. Fine then, son. You're negotiating. This is good. Perhaps business is in your blood after all. All right, Eddie. I'll give you my word. I'll do my best to get you published. But as this is a negotiation, I want something in exchange. If it's not meant to be, there'll be no more wasting your time, nor mine. Do we have an accord? If there was anything Eddie understood, it was that he was making a deal with one of Richmond's more shrewd businessmen. He knew how this would go if it wasn't successful. It had to be. There was no going back now. Eddie swallowed hard and stuck out his hand.
Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to learn more about Eddie's devolution to become the master of the macabre, please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, periodicals obtained from multiple Poe museums, notable scholars, and the National Archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Our music today is from Esther Abrami. It should be noted that some of the characters in Evermore Poe are composites of real people, including servants and slaves who lived in the Allen home at the time of our story. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research one of the most thrilling American authors of all time. Our story continues again next time on Evermore Poe. Until then, I'm Chris Kosach. Thank you for listening.